Hey everybody, John Mark Comer here. Welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, January 11th. I would say, how are you? But at least for all of you listening from America, and I know that's not all of you, but for those of us in our church in Portland on the West Coast of America in January, 2021, it was a rough week with the violence in our capital and a level of chaos in our nation and political tit for tat that is just heavy weight on the soul. My guess is that still days later, a lot of you are feeling scared or angry or just tired and ready for it to all be over, but at the same time thinking, will it ever be over? Wherever you fall on the political spectrum, David Brooks in his opinion piece a few days ago called last Wednesday, quote, the day the fever broke in America. I love that word picture because I love to plot the pain of last week onto a narrative of healing and renewal for our nation. And I have a cautious optimism for the year ahead. But that said, I don't know if he's right or wrong. I don't know if the best is yet to come or the worst. I don't know if that was the day the fever broke or something else. But I do know that God is with me and I'm not alone. And as grateful as I am for my country, I am receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that kingdom is not the United States of America. It is not whatever country you call home. It's not even a democracy. It is a kingdom that is based around a king that is here and that is coming. On that note, as we live in kind of the acute pain of the now and the not yet, and what theologians call the time between, between Jesus' first coming to inaugurate the kingdom and his second coming to usher it in in full, we live and we feel the weight and the pain of a kingdom, or in our case, a democracy that can, and right now as we speak, is being shaken. On that note, I want to read over you 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. It's our reading for today, and it's been in the back of my mind all week long. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Let me just walk you through this line by line. Verse seven, we have this treasure in jars of clay. This treasure in context is referring back to what Paul just said in the paragraph before, which is all about the ministry, that's his language, or service is a more American word, of preaching the gospel. 
He writes in the line before, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants or ministers for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What a line. We are living in dark times. Of course, the reality is I have Mark Sayers in my ear or my history teacher from college. All of human history has been dark times. If you grew up in America like I did in the 80s and 90s and you were in a West Coast city like me or in the middle class, and especially if you were white or from the majority culture, we grew up in a bubble. The last few years feel like chaos to me and like a narrative of decline of Western civilization, but they're more like normal or baseline for the human condition down through history and all over the world. We have been living in dark times since Genesis chapter 3, but we have the light of the gospel. I love the word picture of light, the idea of illumination in a world of ignorance, right? And with it of, of hope for the future and joy and the present and peace and love, all that light is a metaphor for. We have the light of the gospel, the knowledge of God in Jesus. We carry that in our body itself, in, our, in, in the memories of our unconscious, in our soma, in the language of the New Testament. But Paul writes, we have this treasure in jars of clay, not the band from the 90s, which, by the way, was one of the few Christian bands I was a diehard fan of, but referring to our body, our humanity, our condition, our emotional fragility, our spiritual pain and sin. We're jars of clay. We get cracked and broken and tired. We bleed. We get confused. We screw up. We feel hurt. We carry the wound of life and we pass that wound on to others. And even without a wound, we still sin and live in a dysfunctional way based on fear or ego or a grasping for control. We have the light of the gospel, this treasure, but it's in jars of clay. I feel my humanity at a more acute level in the recent months than I have in many years. There's just no way to escape your humanity, the reality that we are jars of clay. Verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I love that tension here. Do you feel like that? Does that feel like following Jesus through 2020 and in recent weeks? I was listening to Charlie Dates, a preacher from Chicago I love, and I was listening to a sermon he gave on 2020, and he said, we have come out bruised, but still standing. I think that's what Paul's getting at here. We're bruised. We're hurt. We feel pain. We feel the contusion at an emotional or spiritual level underneath our skin. Even if everything looks well on the surface, there's pain down there, but we're still standing. We're not in despair. We're not crushed. We're not abandoned. We're not destroyed in Paul's language. God is with us, but we feel that tension. 
Sometimes I beat myself up when I don't feel happy and at peace all the time. Do you ever do that? You feel like, man, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. In my case, I literally teach the way of Jesus. Why, why can't I get it together? Why can't I turn my mind to joy? Why do I carry a melancholy in my body right now? I just feel the, the sorrow of the world more acute in my spirit right now than I have in a long time. Just driving through our city, I was thinking about it this morning early, driving into work. It's a form of like spiritual lament for me. The houselessness is at an all-time high. The businesses still boarded up. The many that are closed. The ideologies that cover wall after wall in graffiti. It's just exhausting for me. The, the simplistic narratives about the pain of, and the complexity of the human condition and all of the lonely people. I'm literally leaving town in a few hours to go over to the coast just for a few nights. I feel I need to just get away from the city and just breathe a little bit in God's creation and remember that there's a creator and there's a creation and that both are good because I just feel the pain. I got to interview Ronald Rollheiser earlier this year. He's a hero of mine, a Catholic spiritual writer. And he made a passing comment. He said, you know, the more you open yourself up to God and to love, the more pain you feel over the state of the world. That made me think of the Parker Palmer quote, the deeper our faith the more doubt we must endure. The deeper our hope, the more we are prone to despair. The deeper our love, the more pain its loss will bring. These are a few of the paradoxes we must hold as human beings. If we refuse to hold them in hope of living without doubt, despair, and pain, we also also find ourselves living without faith, hope, or love. I love that because I think that's faith, hope, and love come from Paul. And here is Paul living in that paradox of faith and hope and love. And we have a treasure, the light of the gospel, but it's in jars of clay. And God is with us and not let us go, but we feel hard pressed and crushed and beat down. That is the tension of living in the time between the times. But look at the end of Paul's statement, verse 10. We always carry around in our body, we literally feel it in our neuromusculature, right? The death of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus, the crucifixion, the passion, so that the life of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. We carry death and we carry life in the same body. Verse 11, for we who are alive and are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal, fragile, finite, ordinary body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Can you say that? Death is at work in me, but life is at work through me and others. Scott McKnight in his little book, Pastor Paul, it's a great chapter where he writes about Paul's theology of of pastoral leadership as a form of vicarious suffering. Uh, vicarious meaning that we, we suffer on behalf of the world. I think this is true, not just for pastors, but for all followers of Jesus. All of us are called to quote, preach the gospel. It's not vicarious in that we're suffering for the atonement of others, but it's, so it's not like Jesus in that, but it is like Jesus in that we open up our body and we let the pain and the suffering and the evil of the world flow into our soul. And like Jesus, we let our body become the place of exchange where there is a healing and a transformation and an integration. We let pain flow in and then we let blessing flow out. 
For Paul, that meant he was in prison or he was beat up or he was facing slander in order for the gospel to come through him to the world. For us, more and more in the West, it may mean something similar, but that did not keep. The pain of life did not keep Paul from joy. Like that movie Inside Out, which I've been thinking about recently, if you watch that by Pixar, joy and part of the point of that story is that joy and sorrow have to find a way to hold hands and live together. As long as we live this side of resurrection, we must live in both joy and sorrow, not joy or sorrow, but joy and sorrow or sadness. Two very simple takeaways from this verse for you to walk away with today. One is just that you are treasure and clay, light and humanity. Embrace that. Make peace with it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't run from it. Don't try to medicate it or escape it. It is. Make peace with it and come to thank God for it so that you can live free. Treasure and jars of clay. Light and human. And second, that the pain and suffering of our jars of clay reality is full of meaning. It's not empty. It's not in vain. It's not for nothing. It's not just an accident or random. It is full of meaning. What is the meaning? It is a chance for the blessing of God, the light of God to come through us to the world. To that end, just pray with me as we wrap up our time. Invite you just to situate your body, sit down or just take a few deep breaths. If you're driving into work or walking your dog or whatever, just breathe in that winter air. Come to quiet in your body. Come, Holy Spirit. Take a moment just to notice the sensations in your body. Don't even try to interpret them or judge them or get rid of them. Just notice if you feel tight in your chest or an ache in your shoulder or your neck or or the opposite, a lightness, a brevity. Just attune to your body. Be grounded in the here and now. God is in the here and now. God is in your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Welcome you, God. Take a moment and ask yourself, where am I feeling the, my jars of clayness? pain of my humanity and the pain of a humanity and rebellion against God and a creation out of whack. Are you feeling tired? Are you scared? Are you mad? Are you wanting to get revenge? Are you impatient? Are you just sad? Where are you feeling that in you? Just give that over to God. Just let it go. God, I surrender my pain to you. Second, just ask the Spirit of God and whatever theological tradition you come from, most of us agree that the Spirit of God has direct access to our mind and our imagination and even in our body. Many of our thoughts are just self-generated or based on a movie we saw or something we read in the news, but thoughts and feelings and sensations also come from outside of us, or should I say from deep 
inside of us, from the Spirit of God, from that place deep in us where we are in Christ and Christ is in God, where we are a branch in the vine, where there's an interchange of living love and connection. Just open yourself up to that deep place of abiding in the vine, where you are in Christ in Paul's language. Let God fill your mind and imagination. God, what would it look like for me today to let light come through my jar of clay? To my family, my neighbor, my office, my workplace, my class, wherever you are today. What would it look like for the light of the gospel to come through me today? become the place of exchange where we take in pain and we give out take in the cursing of the world and we give out blessing take in the despair and we give out hope take in the fear and we give out peace take in the hate the division the partisanship the acrimony and we give out love and compassion what would that look like today May you go in the power of the Holy Spirit and do whatever the Spirit has just put into your mind. Peace be with you.